0: Now, today, I'm beginning a series that I'm really excited about, and it's a different kind of journey. It's a journey that I believe will help you gain the inner strength you need to thrive in life, and it's based on my own life journey. Uh, I'm going to talk to you what I've been learning about facing some of the uh, unhealthy emotions, unhealthy ways of thinking and acting that harm relationships Uh, hurt other people and even end up hurting yourself. And, uh, you know, I've been honest with you guys throughout the years about some of my own struggles, my struggles with anger, my struggles with anxiety, and even my struggles with what I would call a dysfunctional view of money that impacted my finances in a negative way. And what I've come to see is that those surface issues in my life that frustrated me and and hurt me and my relationships were actually fed by other inner issues beneath the surface. I call these inner issues core issues. And so we're going to look at those core issues throughout this series. You see, on the surface of our lives... We have those unhealthy ways of acting and feeling and thinking that frustrate us and and can even weaken us in our relationships. I'm talking about issues like anger, anxiety, depression, negativity, envy, lust, resentment, a dysfunctional view of money, broken relationships, and even addictions. And sometimes what uh, brings us to God or brings us back to God, or drives us closer to God, are these issues that frustrate us. And we, it's understandable, we want God to fix us. We want God to help us get free from these surface issues. But what if the key to getting free, and getting beyond those surface issues, lies in dealing with the core issues beneath us that feed them? That's what this series is going to be about. We're going to look at four core issues that we all have to address to break free from those surface issues that frustrate us and and weigh us down and cause us to lose inner strength. And so today and for the next two weeks, we're going to look at one of those core issues and that's the core issue of fear. Now fear is a natural and powerful emotion triggered by the threat of danger, evil, or pain. And there's a certain part of fear that is instinctive. In other words, we're wired that way. God made us that way. It's protective. And then there's another aspect of fear that is learned. We can learn fear from other people's fears, especially those who have influence over us. And we can learn fears from fearful experiences we go through in life. And when feelings of fear stir within us, your body actually secretes uh, cortisol and adrenaline into your system. And so it it speeds up your heart and it heightens your senses and it prepares you for uh, the the fight or flight response. It's like a a mechanical response uh, to anything that's fearful. And so that's just normal. But sometimes those feelings of fear can go well beyond the fearful experiences that made you feel that fear in the first place. And when that happens, when the the fear continues to linger in your life, that is when that kind of fear becomes a core issue that can weaken you from within. So what are some of the signs that you may be struggling with the core issue of lingering fear? could be sleeplessness, panic attacks, uh, irrational thoughts, uh, avoidance, obsessive behaviors, feelings of dread or worry, and even the inability to make decisions. Now, as I said earlier to you, for years I struggled with a, I came to find out was a fear-driven sense of anxiety. I just felt anxious all the time. And if you had asked me, Pastor Brent, are you fearful? I would have said, absolutely not. I mean, I I took a lot of risks in life. And if if you would have asked me if I was a fearful person, I would have said no. But over time, I came to see that the anxiety that I felt so often was fed by fears within me. And it weighed me down and it sapped my strength. What fears are sapping your strength? Are fears causing you to have struggles with your mental health, maybe your relationships? Are fears paralyzing you from moving on in life? Well, I do have some good news. God loves us just the way we are, even with our struggles with fear, and he wants to come alongside us to... To help us find freedom from the fears that weigh us down and sap our strength so that we can gain the inner strength to rise above our fears. And so today I want us to begin this journey by looking at one of the greatest heroes in the Jewish scriptures, his name is Moses. And we're going to look today at Moses' own struggles with his inner insecurities and fears and, uh, and so before I, we unpack a, a conversation that Moses has with God, I need to give you a little bit of his background so you'll understand how fears came into Moses' life. And just a heads up, it's a pretty dark story, uh, and so I'm going to pr- try to tell it as nicely as I can, all right? So when Moses was born, the Israelites were slaves in the land of Egypt. And when Moses was born, there was an edict by the Pharaoh that all Hebrew boys born had to be put to death. He was trying to curb their their growth of their population. Well, Moses' mother refused to do that. And so she hid him for three months. But after a while, she realized she couldn't hide him anymore. She found a way for, for Moses to become adopted into the Pharaoh's own family. Okay, so think about this. For 40 years, Moses grew up as an an adopted child in a family with a group of people who despised his Jewish race. And we know from his story that as he grew up, he experienced favoritism and racism along the way from his own family members. Well, when Moses was 40, he went out to, to... observe his Jewish brothers and sisters as they worked as slaves. And he saw an Egypt slave master beating a fellow Jew and something rose up within him. He felt like he needed to do something about this racial injustice. And so Moses looked both ways and he rose up and killed that Egyptian slave master and buried his body in the sand. And let me just pause and say, I think what Moses did certainly shows that he was struggling with toxic emotions within him, that he thought that was the only way he could respond to what he saw. Well, some of the Jews who saw what Moses did uh, told on him and word got to the Pharaoh that Moses had killed this Egyptian slave master. And so the Pharaoh, his, his own adoptive father, tried to kill Moses. So Moses had to flee in fear. And so now you got all these different fearful experiences. And for 40 more years, Moses lived with a family that treated him well. He got married, had kids, had a pretty pretty low uh, pressure job as a shepherd, herds of sheep and other kinds of cattle. And for 40 years, he lived with low expectations and relative security. He really didn't have to trust God very much, but then it happens. As he's out with some of his herding animals, Moses sees a bush that's on fire, but it doesn't burn up. And when Moses walks over to the burning bush, God speaks to Moses from the bush. And there's a conversation that ensues between them. And in this conversation, we see Moses struggling with his insecurities and his fears and how God responds to those fears. All right, you ready? This is Exodus chapter three, verse nine. Okay, remember God speaking from a burning bush and the Lord said, now the cry of the Israelites has has reached me and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Okay, you see what's going on here. uh, God is calling Moses to a purpose beyond himself that is not about himself. And when God calls Moses to this purpose, Moses responds by saying, who am I? Who am I? And in that, that question, we sense the insecurity Moses has about who he is and even some of the fears that he feels. And I think it's understandable because... I mean, by by this point, Moses has not spoken with an Israelite or with an Egyptian for 40 years. And Moses is not some great leader, you know, of a a military team or, or of a, he's not a political leader. He's not an organizational leader. He's a normal, simple guy, a shepherd. And God wants him to go lead a nation. And when God calls him, it stirs the fear. And so Moses says to the Lord, who am I? Notice how God responds. This is verse 12. And God said to him, I will be with you. Isn't that interesting? When Moses asks God, who am I? God doesn't say, Moses, you're awesome, man. Moses, you're gifted. Moses, you're talented. You're a great leader. You're, you're the man, Moses. Isn't that interesting? That's not what God says. Instead, what God says is, I will be with you. And in essence, God is saying to Moses, it's not about who you are. It's about who I am. And if I'm with you, that will make the difference. And so here is where I want us to notice a pattern that you see throughout the Jewish scriptures and the Christian scriptures. And this is the pattern I want us to notice, that beneath the surface issues that frustrate us and weaken us, even beneath the core issues in our lives like fear. There's an even deeper core issue that we have to address to rise above, in this case, our fears. And that is a distorted view of God. A distorted view of God. You see, Moses is responding to God's calling by saying, who am I? And God is reminding him, it's not about who you are. It's about who I am. And if I'm with you, it will make all the difference. And so the issue is, the question is, is God the kind of God that I can trust with my fears? Well, Moses' fears get all stirred up. And so Moses asked God another question. This is verse 13. Moses said to God, now, suppose I go to the Israelites and I say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, well, what is his name? Then what will I tell them? Okay, so here Moses is asking, okay, God, you say it's about who you are, then who are you? <laughs> and he asked God for his name. And, uh, and, and I think it's, why does he ask for his name? You see, in, in those days, people believed that if you knew God's name, it meant you were in a personal relationship with him and it gave you access to his power, sort of like a pen on your debit card or a password to get into your computer. You know, it gives you access. If I have God's name, I'll have access. And so what becomes evident in this question is Moses is a little bit fearful about his own personal connection with God. We really have no knowledge that Moses even had a personal relationship with God up until this time. And so he asks God, who are you? Notice how God responds. God says to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. Here God reveals himself in the most intimate way ever up to this point. He reveals to Moses his name. I am. He's the God who is. He's the God who is eternal. He's the God that is beyond time. He is the God who created time. And yet, he's the God who wants to be in a relationship with people created in his own image. And here at this point in their conversation, Moses' relationship with God becomes personal. Before, Moses knew some things about God. Now Moses knows God. He knows his name. And I want to say to you, wherever you are in your spiritual journey, one key aspect about rising above the core issues like fear to live with inner strength in your life, it really does begin with your personal relationship with God. And we do believe that God continued to reveal himself more and more until the point in time when he revealed himself even more intimately by becoming one of us in the person of Jesus. That's why I believe in Jesus. That's why I follow him. And I hope that somewhere in your own personal journey, you will believe in Jesus and follow him too. Well, here at this point, uh, Moses now has a personal relationship with God, but he still has this fear stirring. And I just love this guy. He's so real. He's a hero, but he's real. And so he asks God another question. This is uh, chapter four, verse one. Moses answered, okay. Well, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, eh, the Lord did not appear to you? In essence, Moses is asking God, what if they reject me? And remember, Moses has already been rejected by the Israelite people when he tried to help them before. And he remembers the pain and he doesn't want that pain again. And so he developed, it appears, a little bit of a fear of rejection. And maybe that's one of the fears you're struggling with. Maybe somebody has rejected you in your life and the pain is still there. Maybe it's a parent who never paid any attention to you or maybe even walked out on you. Or maybe it's an ex who left you and said, I never loved you and I, and I never did love you. Or maybe, maybe it's a ex-boss who fired you and said, you know, you just don't have what it takes. And it's left a wound within you. And this, this fear of rejection, rejection is driving you. Well, what does uh, God do in response? How does God help Moses rise above this fear, this legitimate fear he felt? And, and please don't misunderstand me. Feeling the fear of rejection when you've been rejected, is, it's certainly understandable. So in response, God performs two powerful miracles. First, Moses is standing there with the staff. God tells Moses, throw down your staff. It becomes a snake. And then God says to Moses, pick the snake up. And so he picked the snake up and it became a staff again. Pretty cool. Then God says to Moses, touch your chest with your hand. And he did. When he pulled out his hand, it was leprous. And then God tells Moses, touch your chest again. And he pulls his hand back out and it's healed. And so through these powerful miracles, God is saying something to Moses. He's saying, look, Moses. It's not about you. It's about me. I have the power to turn a stick into a snake and turn it back into a stick again. I have the power to make someone leprous or to heal someone who is leprous. And if I'm with you, that will make all the difference. You can trust me, even with this fear of rejection. And and let me just say, if you know that you're struggling with the fear of rejection too, At some point, I encourage you to trust God with that fear, and he will give you the inner strength to rise above it. Well, the fears are still stirring, despite the miracles, and miracles would be pretty cool. Fears are still stirring in Moses. And and then what happens is Moses lets out, he he lets out like this elephant that's in the room that he thinks God doesn't know about. And in essence, Moses reveals his greatest fear. This is Exodus chapter four, verse 10. Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord, but I don't speak very well, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to me. I am slow of speech and tongue. (laughs) I just love his vulnerability here, don't you? And in essence, Moses is asking God, hey God, what if I'm not good enough? What if I'm not good enough? And it's evident that Moses has some kind of either speech impediment, or maybe he's just got a fear of speaking in front of people, or maybe a mixture of both. And how many of you can relate to that fear? You know, the fear of speaking in public. You know, I've I've read research that says when, when a When sociologists have tested people's greatest fears, people's greatest fear, their number one fear above pain, above even the fear of death, is the fear of having to speak in public. Isn't that interesting? So this is a very common fear. And I love the fact that Moses is just so honest about it. In fact, I think that's what, I think that's what we're supposed to get from this passage. Moses got to the point where he could be brutally honest with God about his deepest fear and that's what I'm asking you to do today I'm asking you to just examine your heart examine whatever fears may be within you and get brutally honest with God about those fears I think that's a part of the journey well so Moses becomes brutally honest with God about his fear of speaking in front of people notice how God responds once again verse 11 the Lord said to him Who gave human beings their mouths? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. You know, God could have healed Moses of his speech impediment, but he didn't. God could have miraculously made Moses a great speaker, but he didn't. Instead, God asked Moses to trust him with his deepest fear his greatest fear, and to trust that if I'm with you, the God that can turn a stick into a snake, if I'm with you, that will make the difference. He called Moses to rise above his fears by trusting in the Lord. He called Moses to rise above his fears so he would fulfill his purpose in life. And for you to fulfill your purpose in life I think it's important that you rise above your fears as well. And so this is what I want us to take away from this conversation. First, I am asking you to name your fears. I think that's a part of what was significant for Moses to name his fears out loud. There's something powerful uh, and, and relieving about being able to name out loud my fear in front of God. And that was a part of my own journey. As I wrestled with my anxiety in my life and I began to sense that it may be due to some fears, it took me time, but I finally realized as I went through different fears and I thought, no, I don't think I struggled with that one. I realized I had a deep uh, fear of failure that drove me throughout so much of my life. In fact, because of my fear of failure, I made dis- big decisions in life. If I thought I couldn't do well at something, couldn't succeed at something, I just didn't do it. I didn't try it. I didn't even risk trying. And if I was involved with something and I wasn't succeeding, at least to my measure, I would either run from it or or I would just avoid it all to to begin with. And so a, a critical part of me, you know, getting out of my anxious ways of thinking was to name my fear because it was weighing me down and sapping my strength. What fears... Are sapping your strength. Maybe it's a fear of rejection. Maybe it's a fear of being alone. Maybe it's a fear of pain. A fear of conflict. Maybe a fear of commitment. Maybe a fear of abandonment. Maybe it's a fear related to your finances. Maybe you're afraid of, of like losing it all or poverty. Maybe you're even afraid of, like I was, of failure. I think an important part of rising above your fear is to name it. And then secondly, so name your fears just like Moses did. And then secondly, trust God with your fears. Trust God with your fears. And so this is, this is the truth I want us to take away from this week. When I feel fear, I will choose faith. When I feel fear, I will choose faith. Will you say that with me? When I feel fear, I will choose faith. And it's not like you just affirm this truth once, like you do it once in life, and all of a sudden you never struggle with fear. I think that's something you take with you the rest of your life. When I feel fear, I will choose faith. And as you choose to trust God with your fears, he will give you the inner strength to rise above them. Let's pray together. Father God, we are so grateful that you love us so much that uh, you don't call perfect people, courageous people, strong people. You call people who struggle. You you call people who struggle with insecurities and fears uh, and anxieties, just like Moses. You call messy people to to live their purpose. And uh, so, Lord, my prayer is that each one of us could come before you just in brutal honesty and admit our fears. Would you do that right now? Just whisper. If you know of some of your fears, just whisper them. God, I, I fear this. God, I fear this. And then now I ask you to trust God with those fears. Just pray this prayer. God, I trust you with the fear you just named. God, I trust you with this fear. Maybe it's a fearful situation. God, I trust you with this fearful situation. Maybe it's a relationship. God, I trust you with this fearful relationship. And God, I do ask, as we name our fears and as we trust you with them, I ask you to give us the inner strength to rise above them. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen.